0: We all know that as our children get a little older, uh, if we have children or children in our lives, nieces, nephews, grandchildren, sometimes godchildren, that it becomes more and more difficult to know what to buy for them. And I know as a parent, I've already resorted to the give them cash thing because it's less fraught with potential drama. But I can remember a couple of years ago when my daughter wanted a record player for Christmas. That thing was over 300 bucks, by the way. But that's what she wanted. And I thought, aren't we beyond that? You know, they were making fun of me for having a CD collection because nobody listens to CDs anymore. They just download music. So why a record player? Do you remember the scratchy sound if you had one? Do you remember how the thing would wobble a little bit sometimes and the music would wobble with it? I had one of those tubes on my record player where you could stack a bunch of 45s. Some of you don't know what 45s are, so, you know, so what? And one would drop after the next, and I'd put it on when I was going to bed to kind of lull me to sleep. And it was awful when one of the records would start to skip. You know, so there you are being lulled to sleep, 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 lulled to sleep. You get my point, right? It's hard to be lulled to sleep under those conditions. The needle got caught on one part of the song, and it was annoying indeed. Well, I wonder if that's how we sometimes approach this gospel reading before us this morning. Across the world, many preachers will be avoiding it like the plague. Every single commentary that I opened trying to prepare for today said this is one of the most difficult passages to preach on in the whole Bible. And one of them even said, just acknowledge that and sit back down. So do you want me to do that or should I keep going? (laughs) Let's keep going, shall we? Because I think there's something in there. Martin Luther once said that there are some gospel passages that you have to squeeze and squeeze until the gospel leaks out. And this is one of them. So let's start squeezing it. Let's get the story in our heads as a reminder first. You, you know what goes on, but let's get a little bit of the story fleshed out for ourselves this morning. So basically you have somebody looking after the company. In this case, the company is probably a farm or a vineyard. Those were the businesses of the day, primarily, in Jesus's time. And the fellow who was looking after that for the master has been embezzling, essentially, is the language we would use today. And so when he gets found out, when somebody rats on him, and the master comes to him and says, I'm going to do an audit, is essentially what he says, but you can't be my manager anymore because of this. So I think the first thing to notice is he's not made unemployed that we're aware of, he's just not allowed to be the manager anymore. So this might not be a firing so much as it is a demotion because of poor behavior. And I think that's probably why the steward says to himself, I cannot dig, right? I can't just go out there with the rest of the farmhands on the farm or in the vineyard. I just can't bring myself to that. But even worse, I can't sit on the street corners and beg. So what am I going to do? What am I going to do in a world without EI and a pension plan when I've got some years ahead of me and probably a family to feed? What am I going to do? So he comes up with a pretty clever plan, doesn't he? What I'm going to do is I'm going to reverse the table of debt. I'm going to take the load of debt for the master's debtors off of him and put it on to me so that they are indebted to me rather than to him. Do you see where I'm going so far? Here's how he does it. He says to the first person, you know, what do you owe? Well, it's a hundred of this. It was olive oil, I think, wasn't it? And he says, well, let's just cut that baby in half and let's Rewrite your document so it looks like you only Borrowed 50 and to the second one. Let's rewrite your document quick get your pen and write down 80 Let's fudge the documents so that the master will think that he is getting a hundred percent back And now the one that you owe something to is me You owe me a favor now and if you won't cough up then I can just go to the master and say hey look They doctored their documents. What they really owed you was 100 measures of oil. Pretty clever trick, huh? Pretty devious trick too. Pretty dishonest trick as well. So why does the master then commend the dishonest manager? Well, I would love to hear the tone of voice. You know, when you send out an email sometimes and it goes AWOL because people read something more into your words than you mean? Well, all we can do is kind of read into the words of Jesus. I'd love to know how he said it. Because there's a whole lot of difference between saying it this way. You know, I gotta hand it to you, That was pretty shrewd. Or wow, that was pretty shrewd. Do you see the difference? And we don't know. All we can do is take this passage at face value and so in order to understand what Jesus is getting at I think we just need to go a little bit further down the record and not stop here stop here stop here stop here look at the explanation for it and it's a complicated explanation but it ends in my opinion with a pretty clear directive no slave can serve two masters For a slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. And here's the piece I want us to focus on. Therefore, you cannot serve God and wealth. I was spending so much time trying to think about why that dishonest manager was praised that I completely missed the word serve. I completely missed the word serve. The dishonored steward was meant to serve his master. He ended up serving himself. So I do think that Jesus is not praising the shrewdness in a way to say, well done, but to say to us, when we think of our lives and the gifts that we have been given, his was a gift for cleverness, for negotiation, for winning people to his side, and he used that simply to serve himself and his own needs. And I have to ask myself, am I doing the same thing with my life? Am I serving myself, or am I serving God? Am I serving the call of the gospel on my life? Or am I serving the people in this community around us who need to know the love and mercy and generosity and compassion of God. Because just like the unjust steward and many of the rest of us can't put God first and money first, you can't have two things in first place, do we put ourselves first? Do we measure everything through the lens of what we will get out of it, like the unjust manager did? Or do we really open our hearts and our lives in generosity and love to, to, in response to the love of God and serve God first and let everything else fall into place? I think that's the message we miss if we let the record skip. Amen.